today, I'm very excited because we're going to start a brand new series today, and it's called Level Up. And here's where we're going to go for the next four weeks. We're going to dive into the subject of what it means to have a better life, an exceptional life, okay? What it means to move forward. Because here's the reason. Everybody has those parts in their lives that we wish were better, right? I mean, there, there are some parts of our lives, of course, that we wouldn't change for anything in the world, right? But there are other parts of our lives that we really wish that we could kick it into a new gear, right? A, another level. Kind of take it up a notch, right? For instance... People want better marriages. I'm always asked by others what they can do for their marriage. After 25 years of being married, we'll celebrate 25 years this August, Shannon and I have learned that the normal way of doing marriage doesn't work. Following along with what the world says, what the crowd is, it doesn't work. An exceptional way only comes through Christ. Uh, another example, people want a better financial situations. You know, there, there are people that are living paycheck to paycheck that are just struggling to pay the bills. People want a better job. And it's not so much getting a higher paying job where their salary doubles. It, it, it's more like, you know, I just want fulfillment in my job. Like, I want a reason to go to my job, right? It's something just about finding more fulfillment in it. You see what I'm getting at. We all want something exceptional in life, right? There isn't a person in here that doesn't want that. An exceptional sounds nice. I want that to describe my life, and I'm sure that you want that to describe your life as well. But here's the thing. The thing that works against us getting to that next level, having a more desirable life, is something that I would just call the common standard. Okay? It's just being average, right? It's just going along with the flow. And what that does when we do that, it, it, it slows us down. It prevents us from exceptional ever happening in our life. Being common and just going along with what the world says or what the world does can actually keep us from being the person that we aspire to be. But here's the good news. You're not the only one who wants you to break out of that common standard, right? I believe God wants exceptional for you. He does. He wants you to have that. And for some of you... This might be hard to understand because you don't have a close relationship with God or you don't really understand how that close relationship with God really works. Maybe you grew up thinking that God was distant, you know, that he's out there and we're down here, right? Or maybe something happened in your life that was a tragedy or something and it caused you to think that God isn't here, that he's not with you, that he's not close to you, that he does not care about you. And y'all, that could not be farther from the truth. Your God loves you so much. And not only does he love you, but he's got a plan for you. He has a preferred way of life for you. And I'll tell you this, he doesn't want average for anybody in this room. Because what's common, what the world does, actually keeps us from improving. And I can honestly say that I wouldn't be good at my job at being a preacher if I didn't warn you that the world says what the standard is, is not always right. Let, let me give you a couple of examples. What, what's common is to blame other people. Never really wanting to take responsibility or accept responsibility yourself. Man, we see a lot of that today. The common standard is never really saying, I'm sorry, expecting the other person, but preacher, you don't know what they did. They should be the ones to come up to me and apologize, not the other way around. 
The common standard is the silent treatment in relationships where I get mad at you, you get mad, and I'm just not going to talk, and I'm just going to shut down until you or you come to me, right? And all that does is just force distance in that relationship. The common standard is, is not spending quality time with your family or with your spouse or with your kids because we're always buried in our phones or we're watching our TV shows or whatever it is that distracts us and takes us away. And all these things that I said, and so much more. That's, that's the typical way to live, right? This is what the world says is normal. It's just how things are. It's just how it's always been. And it's hard to see sometimes, but the way that the world does things keeps us from being exceptional in Christ. So with all that being said, there, there are a few things that you've got to understand of why this is harmful. Because sometimes when you talk about this, people... People will ask, well, what's so bad about just being average? What's so bad about just going along and not really stirring the pot? Here's a couple of things, and these aren't in your message notes. This is just extra. Let's get to this point right here. Being average works against exceptionalism, okay? You know this. You know this, and I know this. Okay, the the way you've always done things, the way you're doing things now isn't going to get you where you want to be next, right? If I want something different, if I want something better, if I want something more valuable in life, if I want to level up, right, then it means i got to be willing to break away from the traditional norms. I think I've told you all this before, but um, I used to like um, renting those blow-ups, you know, for the youth when I was a youth director way back in the day. And there were a couple of blow-ups that I always liked. I I liked the big slide because um, I would get up on top of the big slide and I would always go down backwards or I'd, you know, stumble down it just to make the kids laugh. Or I like the, the kind with the Velcro. Do you remember the Velcro wall? I don't even know if they still have that. But you jump and you stick on the wall. That's always funny, right? So what I would do, I always always jump and I would flip and try to stick upside down. And that usually made the kids laugh too. But the one I didn't get was the slingshot one. The one where you tied that bungee cord around you and you ran as hard as you could forward just to get pulled back, that one didn't make any sense to me. I didn't see why that was so much fun. And it's the same thing with living in the world. Like, I don't know why everybody just does what's normal, because it seems like the farther you try to get ahead, the more being normal and average just kind of pulls you back. It doesn't let you get forward. So why do we do that? If it works against exceptionalism. You know why we do it? Here's why. It's because being average is easy. Being average is just, it's just too easy to roll out of the bed and just settle. It's just too easy to go along. It's Monday. You know, this is what I do on Monday. This is what everybody does. You know, it's just too easy just to go through the week doing what you always do or what everybody's always done. But aiming to level up is harder. But the last thing you got to understand is that deep down, We already know this, and let me just reiterate this. Average doesn't work. Average isn't working. It just doesn't work. The the way the world does things or the way we've always done it, it's not going to get us where we need to be. I believe that in order for us to achieve something better, which is why you're here, which is why we come on Sundays to worship God and to learn, right, how to move forward in our relationship with Christ, how to have that exceptional life, right, we got to leave in order for that to happen. we got to leave the common standard behind us. And the thing about this is, is that we all know this, but this is scriptural. This is exactly the example that Jesus taught us. 
I would venture to say that all of us would agree that Jesus wasn't average in anything, right? He didn't do things the way the world did things. And, and I'm not just talking about the miracles that he performed, but it was just, it was how he lived, how he interacted with people. He opted for exceptional. In fact, let me share a piece of scripture with you. Because Jesus warned us that being different would be difficult. Matthew seven thirteen it says this. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few, only a few are willing to find it. So in Jesus' day, there was this great wall that surrounded Jerusalem, and if you go today, you'd still see portions of that wall. And, and, and in the wall, there were certain gates, and some gates were so wide that you could have multiple horses and buggies and people, just the crowds could just walk right through it, right? But other gates, they were so small. In fact, did you know that there was actually a gate called the Eye of the Needle? Which makes sense when you think about Jesus saying how a rich person, it's harder for them to get into the kingdom of God than a camel is through the eye. So when you put those two, you're like, oh, I know what Jesus is getting at because that gate was really small. Trying to shove a camel through it would be ridiculous. There were some gates that were so small that you had to wait your turn or you'd have to duck and like squeeze through. You'd have to wait your turn. So what Jesus is doing here is he's using an example that everybody would have been familiar with, right? And he says, everybody against this notion of just going along with the flood. Just going through the large entrance like everybody else does and allowing the crowd to sort of pace the direction, right? We travel. So if we think about what Jesus is saying for a moment, he says, most people, though, what's easy to do is just go through that broad gate. Just follow along with everybody, the average way of doing things. And the reason is because the reason we do this is because we're in the middle of the crowd. We're just following along. And we're saying to ourselves, if everybody else is doing it, it can't be wrong, right? I mean, everybody's, everybody can't be wrong at the same time. Right? I'll just follow what everybody else is doing. But Jesus says, unfortunately, the people that go through that broad gate, look what it says. It says it leads to what? Destruction. When you get that, what does that mean, destruction? Like, am I gonna destroy my life? Like, well, I mean, what this does destroy though. When we care more about what the world says, what people think, than rather following Christ's way of walking through life, it causes separation between us and God. Okay, it, it, it nicks away and it destroys our relationship with him. Right? And you know this is true. Think about how many times you went along with the crowd and you realized afterwards everybody was wrong. <laughs> right? This probably wasn't the best choice. I remember my teenage years. I don't know if I've shared this or not with y'all, but I remember my teen. It's easy to find, you know, it's easy to think back of, you know, those broad roads, you know, following the crowd when you're in your teenage years, right? So back in my teenage years, I remember one day a group decided that they were going to go jump off a bridge into the river. And guess what I did? I jumped off a bridge into a river. Do you know... That when your parents look at you and they say that thing where, well, if all your friends would jump off a bridge, would you? And I'm like, yeah, like literally did that. Like that argument does not work on me. It's like, yes. 
Not the best plan, not the best course of action, should not have done that. But what Jesus says, he says, listen, there's a, there's a smaller road. There's a narrow entrance. And what does it lead to? Well, it leads to life. It leads to that life that you want to have with your heavenly father. This leads to the life that we're after. This leads to what is called, what I would say is an exceptional life, right? What we really want to get out of life. But what does Jesus say with this? He says only a few, only a few really find it. Why? Why? If we know that following after God, following Jesus' teaching, like if we know that the narrow road is the road that we're needing to be on, why do only a few people willing to do it? Well, well, there's a couple of reasons for this, and this isn't in your message notes either. This is just, I won't even charge extra, okay? These are just extra. You can write these on the side of your message notes if you want to. The reason is because it's an uncommon choice. It's uncommon to get on this narrow path. It's unnatural, you have to actually choose to do what other people aren't doing, right? You actually have to choose to do what you wouldn't normally do or what you have been doing. And like we said before, it's just easier to do what we've always done or what other people are doing. Another reason is because it's unattractive. It's unattractive. Some think that narrow road, it's not as pretty. Let's just be honest. It's not as pretty as the rest of the roads that people travel, right? It's not as many options we feel like. Even though this narrow road is where we find freedom, this road over here looks so much better. And it demands, this narrow road, it demands a great deal of commitment and patience and service from us. Sometimes we think it's unattractive. The third reason is because it's unpopular. It's unpopular. Listen, I think we care way too much what other people think. And again... I know y'all think that like this is easy to talk to teenagers about, but y'all, adults, I'm amazed at how many adults still care so much about what other people think. It takes a lot of strength in your work, with your family, to be able to have everybody watch you head off in a different direction, to be one of the few people that actually get on that road. But as hard as it is, we got to get on that path. You see, if your life looks like everybody else's life, if you're content doing what everybody else is doing or what you've always done, if you would describe yourself as just wanting to follow, just to get through the day, just to get through the week, just want to follow along with the flow, the road you're on, it's not the one that leads to an exceptional life. I want you to experience better than average. And again, I believe Jesus wants this for you as well. So, if you want to just be common, then just keep doing on, right? But if you believe there's got to be something different, there's got to be something better, there's got to be something more fulfilling in life, then you got to get off that main road, you got to get on that narrow road. If you want what a few people really find, that, that joy, that freedom, that peace, that, that security, that fulfillment in life, an exceptional life, if you want that, then you got to do what Jesus says only a few are willing to do. In fact, it's kind of interesting because when Jesus says this, when, when we're looking at these verses in Matthew, right, he's actually ending one of his most famous sermons. Y'all know, y'all probably heard, even if you've never been in church, you've probably heard of the Sermon on the Mount. For those of y'all that are going with me in Israel to Israel this November, we're actually going to go to the place where the Sermon on the Mount was given. 
And in that sermon, you know this, he speaks to this issue. And what amazes me is how the common standard really wasn't working back then either. And y'all, this is why the Bible is so relevant. This is why you need to be in God's Word. It's because the same things that they struggled with then are the same things we struggle with now. Nothing has changed when it comes to the sin that wants to plague our lives, right? From the destruction that keeps us from pulling, the destruction that just pulls us away from God. It's relevant today. So Jesus is preaching in this situation, and he looks at the crowd and he says this. He says, you've heard it said, but I'm going to tell you this. It's kind of like catching your kid doing something. And when you catch up, you know, when you finally get your kid, you've had this conversation if you've had children, where they look at you and they say, yeah, but so-and-so said, or that person said, and you have looked at them and you said, I don't care what they say. This is what I'm saying, right? I know what's better. Jesus is doing that for everybody. You've heard it said, but I'm going to say. This is how the world lives. This is what I want you to do. Let me share a few of those sermon points with you. He said it's common to hate people. That's, that's what we're used to. right? It's common to blow people off, to talk about them. It's easier to care for only the people that care for us. And that makes sense, right? But Jesus says even the people we don't like right, that have done us wrong, that have treated us poorly, that we're on the verge of hating. Jesus says you shouldn't have hate in your heart. And one of the ways you can deal with that hate in your heart, here's what you do. Jesus says you should pray for them. You should pray for them. Now, I'd venture to say that a lot of us, we probably, if there's an area of our life, I think that we could all agree that if we needed to improve on one of our spiritual disciplines, prayer would be one of those things. Like we could always think of how to pray more or when to pray more, right? And when we do actually set aside time to pray, one of the things we're probably not thinking about is praying for our enemies. But Jesus said, that's common. That's what everybody else said. But I want exceptional for you. And this is what that looks like. In Matthew 6, 25, he also says what's common is to worry about everything. The crowd is always stressed about everything in life. They're anxious about what may or may not happen. Jesus says the crowd, the crowd is anxious, but you, you know that there's a heavenly father. And you know that he's in the future. And you know that you can trust him. When you learn to trust him and not be anxious... That's an exceptional life. Let me give you another one. In Matthew 6, 19, what's common is to want everything. To want everything. It's, it's, it's trying to keep up with the Joneses. Well, they have this and they have that in order for me to be popular, for me to have this type of look in society. I've got to have this. So it means getting things that we don't actually need and going in debt to get them, you know, and putting everything and letting that be what drives us in life. And Jesus says, no, 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 that's, that's the average way, that's the common way of looking at things. The exceptional way in life is to learn to be content with what God has provided you. It's not common, but it's exceptional. And Jesus, when he's preaching this, he's just going on and on and on and on. All these teachings of getting off that broad road, getting on that narrow road, and what it looks like. So if you're tired, not feeling like you're getting anywhere, right? 
You're going to have to do what only a few people are willing to do, get on that narrow road. And if you want to know what else Jesus talked about in that sermon about what's common and what's exceptional, go back and read, starting in Matthew 5. Go back and read the Sermon on the Mount. That would be a good study for you to do this week. But while we're talking about being exceptional, let me give you two points here that help us lay a good foundation for the weeks to come, okay? Those that want an exceptional life. Okay, so now we get into the message notes, okay? Y'all are like, wow, it's 11, 12, and he's just getting into the message notes. Don't worry. This is, I'm not going to be forever. Here we go. First point is this, exceptional with our thoughts. If we want an exceptional life, we've got to be exceptional with our thoughts, how we think. I love the way the message puts this in Romans 12. The message says this, it says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you just fit into it without even thinking. Instead, what you need to do is fix your attention, fix your thoughts on God. When that happens, you'll be changed from the inside out. You'll readily recognize what he wants from you, and then you'll quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture, the world, the crowd around you. What they do is they drag you down to their level of immaturity. And that's what it is. It's immaturity. But God, when you're thinking about him, what he wants you in life, God brings out the best in you. And he develops well-formed maturity in you. What the writer is getting at here is so easy to get wrapped up in our culture that we fit into it without even thinking about it. As my second grade teacher used to always say, put on your thinking caps. Remember that in school? Put on your thinking caps. You're called to think differently. This verse says when we follow the crowd, it just, it just shows your immaturity. But if you want to be mature, right, a mature disciple... It means following after Christ and being willing to do what only a few are doing. There's this great story in Luke chapter 9 of a time that the disciples were arguing um, with each other about who would be the greatest. Do you all remember this story? This is in a couple of the Gospels, but who Jesus might consider to be the greatest disciple, like numero uno, like who's the biggest one? Like if Jesus were Batman, who would be Robin, right? Like... Jesus walks into this conversation and everybody just automatically stops talking. It's kind of like when you walk into the room with your kids and they've been arguing and they don't want you to argue and then they get real quiet, but you know something's up, right? Jesus does this in this situation and they're hoping that he didn't hear them, but Jesus had a way of reading minds, which was a really cool party trick that he could do. Every now and then he just answered people without even them asking a question, right? So he sees this situation, he knows what they're talking about. He brings a child over to him. And y'all know who this, how this goes. And he says, y'all, you have to become like this little one. In fact, Jesus goes on to expound on this. And he says, whoever is the least, the last in this world, will be the first in heaven. You're the greatest when you become the servant. Basically, Jesus looks at them and says, stop it. You're thinking like everybody else does. Right? You're thinking like the rest of the world about who's the best. That kind of thinking is immature. So let me illustrate this with a child. Come here. This is only immaturity in your faith. It only brings you down. It keeps you from being exceptional. From now on, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to think differently. You need to think differently about things. And I don't know what that means for you in your life and how you need to approach your thoughts. 
I'll give you an example for me. When I was starting out in ministry, what was normal is to be busy all the time. What was uncommon in ministry when I was getting started was to be able to say no to some events, some things, not, not feel the pressure or the need to have to do everything for everyone and neglect my family. And this was different for me. And it was hard because I am a people pleaser. I really care that you like me, and I hope that you do, okay? I really, really want you to like me. <laughs> Somebody down front went, eh. <laughs> Listen, but that was hard because that was a normal way of thinking for me when it came to everything under the sun. But I'm so glad early on in my family, in my situation, what it meant for me to think differently was to prioritize my family, to be able to be with my girls when they were young. It's different. And I'm not sure what that looks like in your life when it comes to exceptional thoughts. But in order to be exceptional, not average, we do have to change the way we think when it comes to our families, when it comes to how we raise our kids, when it comes to whether or not we're in worship or, you know, we're, we're being a part of a church family, you know, things like that. Like we have to think differently than the rest uh, of the world. The second point is that we have to have exceptional actions. Our actions have to say so much about what we believe in the road that we're on. First Peter, Peter, the disciple of Jesus, says this. He says, always let others see you behaving properly. Okay? Let the world, let everybody around you see you doing what's right, right? Even though they may still accuse you of doing wrong. Have you ever noticed that when somebody does something right, that the world, the media, other people will still find something to complain about or pick at them, Right? Let the world see, even though they may accuse you of doing wrong, then on the day of judgment, they will honor God because the truth will be shown. And they'll tell the good things that they saw you do. And what Peter is saying here is he's saying, actions speak louder than words, right? When we love unconditionally like Christ did for us, when we have that overwhelming joy that just comes out of us, they're going to see it, they're going to learn from our example, and they're going to want it in their life. Because it's so different. It's so different than doing what everybody else is doing. There's a great story of Matthew 26 of a time where someone's actions showed what road they were on. And their actions spoke so much louder than anything she could have said. It's that story where they're having a dinner party at a house and a woman brings this expensive oil, this expensive perfume into the house. Y'all remember this story? And she anoints Jesus. And y'all know when that happened, everybody started complaining. This is what the crowd does. They start complaining. They start picking at her like, why did she do this? And this is so outrageous. And, you know, the, the holier-than-thou people were like, well, she could have used that for the poor. You know, how judgmental, how quickly judgmental people can be. But what this was, was a beautiful display of her devotion towards Jesus for a few reasons. Number one, in Scripture... Kings were anointed with oil. Number two, the type of oil and perfume that she was using could have been used to prepare for burial. So what Jesus is looking at is he's looking at this lady basically pronouncing him as a king, the Messiah, in their presence. But also, number two, 
of preparing him for burial, which wouldn't have made sense, but he's like, you don't get it now, but one day you will. And her actions and what she did today and her devotion to me, it's going to be talked about forever. And it's one of those stories that makes it into all four Gospels, her actions, what she was willing to do. It spoke loudly of the road that she was on. And it made her exceptional. So let's close this out for this first message um, in this series. Let me close this out by just asking a question. And here's a question. What needs to change? What needs to change? Like, what do you need to change in your life to take it up a notch? In your relationship with God, with Christ. Like, take it up to the next level. What would it take? What, what change do you need to make to, to, to be exceptional? To make an exceptional choice? In what ways do you need to get out of the flow and onto that narrow road, right? What's holding you back? What is it that you're just doing because it's just easy? Maybe, maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's just the thoughts that you have, right? And maybe it means changing something up here and how you deal with the situation. Maybe it's a physical thing, you know, your actions and what you're doing. What could be better and get you away from what's common? You see... If I can be honest with you, I, I'm always tired of just going along with the flow of the world. And honestly, I get tired of lukewarm Christianity. You know, this, this lukewarmness where, you know, I'm only dedicated to Christ when it's convenient. This what can, you know, serving my needs type of mentality, this mediocre type of commitment. You see, I'm afraid the church can get kind of normal. But y'all know from day one what we've said at the Ridge is that we want to be different, right? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, it means you've got to pick up your cross. That's different. That's not normal. That's the different kind of life that I'm after that I hope that you're after as well. Because if you are, and if you get away from what's common, and if you're willing to get off that main road and get onto that narrow path, it's harder it's not easy, but it's that exceptional life that you're looking for. Let's pray together. God, I just pray that you would help us break away from the common standard, God. Just help open our eyes to see just how going along with the flow of some things and just accepting what this world says and does and all those types of things, just being content, yeah, it just doesn't work. It's not, it doesn't lead to the life that you want for us, God. Help us to get on that path, to take your commands, to read your word, to do our discipline, to do what it says in Scripture, even if it's difficult, even if it means that people treat me differently, even if it means letting go of my desires, even if, even if it means, God, going against what everybody else says. God, this, this is the way to an exceptional life. And God, what we want is we want to get closer to you. So maybe that means stepping out and doing things a little different. And God, I don't know what that means with each person here. And I don't know where they are in their journey of faith. God, but would you just lead, would you lead us, please? Lead us. Touch our heart. May the Holy Spirit just, just speak to us and lead us in the ways that we need to grow, in the ways that we need to step away a little bit. And maybe for some people, God, they've, they've, 
They've never really chosen you. And maybe there are some people here that are so entrenched or some people online that are so entrenched in the middle of the road that they've never really thought about the exceptional life that you have for them. God, I just, I pray that you would touch their heart. They would know who you are and that they would begin a relationship with you. If that's you, just pray this with me and say, Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I need to be forgiven. Would you come into my life? And even though I don't understand it all, I'm going to do my best for you. I'm going to try to follow you and I'll start that today. God, thank you so much. God, we want better thoughts. We want better actions. Above all, God, we just want to be a dedicated disciple of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for not being done with us. But God, just thank you for doing that work in us. Continue to work in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.